Before I get started here, uh, just another reminder. This is the the first time we've tried this uh, in having a a back-to-school prayer night tonight. Um, Please don't use the excuse that you're not involved in school. Uh, I just really want to encourage you to come and join us in prayer. And um, we think it's... It, well, not think. It is. It's a big deal in our community. Any time we start, you know, here's school starting up. You know why? Because many of, you know, moms and dads are uh, a little more on edge, you know. Uh, little Junior, little Sally is going off to school now. And, uh, you know, nerves, anxiety get up a little more and you want everything to be smooth sailing. But not just that, other, in other ways too. Just to come before the throne of grace and believe God for our teachers, for our staff, uh, for the, all the students going back. Um, so join us tonight, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Uh, we'd like to encourage you to devote that time uh, with us in prayer. This morning, it is... Uh, a great privilege, as it is each week, to come and open up the Word with you, dear folks. Uh, what an encouragement we have with each other. And that's what we've been talking about, really, as we close up this uh, letter that Paul seems to be doing, is, is bringing forth what has encouraged his heart in, in this ministry. And it's not just drive-by uh, encouragements. You know, hey, Paul, good luck, buddy. Good job. See ya. No, it's, it's guys that have invested their lives with Paul, and he's noting them. And um, so last, two weeks ago, it was really about encouragement. And then last week with uh, Pastor Brennan, we, we got a real live illustration of the encouragement. Did you follow that from last week when he came and gave that report? You know, if you were here... It, 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 he made it clear. It wasn't about the money. The money is, is great that they are able to utilize the money. But what was more important? Just sitting down with people that had experienced tragedy and having some coffee with them. Whether it was instant coffee or, or uh, Russian bold strong coffee. <laughs> but that what a great... Uh, Example of encouragement. And I, I just, I know that that's happening in our lives. That's what we need to keep doing more and more, is thinking, how can I show the love of Christ and be an encouragement to those in my neighborhood or in my workplace or in my family? That's what God wants. That's what God's enabled us to do. And now, in this message today, we're just really going to look at chapter 4, verse 12 and 16. We're not going to go through each verse, but we're going to especially look at verse 12 because we're really being called uh, for faithful to be praying and proclaiming. The title of our message, Faithful to Pray and to Proclaim. Okay? So, here... In, in verse 12, we want to look at verse 12 here for a little uh, time here. 
And it's revealed that Epaphras, Epaphras, we were told back in chapter 1, basically was the, the founding pastor of this group of believers, Epaphras. And so Paul comes back to him and really shows forth that he, Epaphras, was a sterling example of prayer, laboring in prayer, work at prayer. And so today, we have two main points. And the first one, especially regarding Epaphras, is the discipline of, number one, intercession. The discipline of intercession. You remember as a young child, learning to pray? You know, whether it was your mom or dad or both of them coming into the bedroom, you were all tucked away and, you know, they'd start... Now I lay me down to sleep. I, yeah. You remember that? Or just other simple prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for watching over me. And I, what we need to do right now is stir up the, the discipline of prayer in our lives. And, in, and especially this is intercession. Intercession, praying for others. That's what Epaphras is being spotlighted for, praying for others. And how good are we at praying for others? And that's really the the challenge of our time this morning in in the Word. And so, in regards to intercession, there are three points here that we see from Epaphras, his example. Letter A, it's frequency. Intercession's frequency. Paul says Epaphras was always interceding, always laboring in prayer for the Colossian believers. He understood and he acted upon the words of Jesus in Luke 18, verse 1. You don't have to look up, but just uh, uh, mark it down if you want. Luke 18, verse 1, where Jesus turned and said, to, I'm going to tell you a parable to show that at all times men ought to pray and what? Not Lose heart. Boy, I could hear that verse from Jesus over and over and over again. Every morning. Every day. He taught them a parable to show them that they ought at all times to pray and not lose heart. I get... I don't know about you. I can get dragged down and, and uh, brought down because of the circumstances of the world and things going on or something's happened to one of our kids or, or this is going on here, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And really, in essence, I've kind of lost heart. And so my fervency or my effort, you know, my, my labor, so to speak, for prayer weakens. And so this issue of what Jesus says here, he's saying, you know, pray at all times. Paul picks it up in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where he says, pray without what? Ceasing. We We know the lingo. We know the phrases. Big deal. What are we doing? How are we doing it? How are we acting upon it? So we gain insight into this the older we get. 
You, you know what I'm saying? The older you get, the more we ought to be going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can pray while I'm doing this. You know, in, in um, I think of my days in Southern California or even our time in San Francisco. You better be praying when you're going on the freeway. Yeah. And we kind of chuckle at it, but you know what? You never, never know when someone is just going to come in and clobber you from the side. Or you never know what's going to happen right in front of you. Noreen and I were in San Diego once and, and traveling in San Diego, uh, morning traffic going to the Music California Conference, and it was light rain. You know, guess what? Yep. The car in front of us did the, you know, whipping around. And I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but she ended up like inches from the car next to her, and she was facing the opposite way in rush hour traffic. How do you like that for a morning get up? <laughs> Yipes. Anyway, so the thing of just saying, we need to learn about praying at all times. Praying at all times. Think of uh, how often we allow ourselves and even subtly encourage ourselves to worry. We allow that to build in our minds because we can't get off of this, we can't get off of the topic or the subject and we just keep thinking about that. And people come along and say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And you say, oh, yeah, 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 I know that. And then you go right back to focusing on the silly old subject, the silly old matter, the, the worry. And so it's a matter of disciplining ourselves for intercession. And in this case, if you are dealing with something yourself, it's a matter of the discipline of interchange, you know, exchange, exchange. I'm going to exchange this worry for prayer. My anxiety, I'm going to turn it to prayer. That's the principle in Philippians 4, 6. It's clear. So, we, we would ask each other, are you praying at all times? Are you praying without ceasing? Oh my goodness. That's convicting. Well, let's learn. Let's encourage one another about praying without ceasing. And really, when it gets down to it, am I just forgetful? Am I being lazy? How distracted am I? And so, the reason we don't is a lot of times we just, we don't pray in a frequent way, in an ongoing way, because a lot of times it gets back to, well, what's in the tank? If we would say it that way. What's in the tank? Do I lack conviction about prayer? Do I lack concern over the person I'm called to pray upon? Pray for? That pray upon sounds weird. <laughs> pray for? And so we've got to challenge ourselves in that way. Do I lack conviction? Do I lack concern? Is prayer seen as the last resort in your life? And admit it. A lot of times it's like, oh, 
Well, yeah, I guess we could pray. And that's why I think, you know, tonight's time, tonight's time, you know, a lot of us think, oh, you know, it's a, you know what, really, I need to go prepare. I need to go prepare for school. And, um, well, yeah, you got to prepare. But you know what? What is God, what is God saying in it? He wants us to, to get down on our knees. He wants us to bow before Him and ask Him for His work in this school year. And not just in the school year, in your work, at your home, in your relationships. Ongoing prayer, the frequency of intercession. You know, I would encourage you, um, you don't have to necessarily go up and tell the teacher or staff person, but you could just say, I'm going to adopt that teacher for this year and I'm going to pray for them. That's how I'm going to adopt them. I'm going to pray for them this year. I will remember them in prayer this school year. Maybe I'll do um, somebody each month, you know, uh, however you want to approach it. So, the discipline of intercession starts with the, the matter of frequency. Then, at letter B, it moves to fervency, the effort behind it, the labor. Um, these words are, are just full of, of uh, richness in it. Um, the idea here in verse 12, he says that Epaphras was always, what? Laboring. Always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers. Now the word here is the word that we have for agony. Agonizomai is the Greek word. We have the word agony. And the idea behind it is this intense effort. Uh, you know, this strenuous, intense kind of a picture. And the word also in the Greek language is used a lot of times for athletes. Athletes striving for the goal. Um, I like the idea of it, uh, of it wrestling, wrestling in prayer for somebody else, wrestling and grappling over concerns of spiritual matters for the person being prayed for. And what we have in, in the end of the book of Luke is an excellent picture from Jesus himself who agonized in prayer, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And sometimes we put that example up there on the shelf so high, we never think, oh, I can never attain to that. No, the idea is that you and I would mimic that in, from Jesus. That we would mimic that from Jesus. The Old Testament highlights guys like Nehemiah and Daniel, among others, who, who we might categorize as great prayer warriors, right? They understood the spiritual battle they were in. Remember? Daniel uh, associating with the sins of his, of his people. Daniel seemed like a blameless man. And yet he, he joins in saying, Lord, forgive us. Have mercy on us. And quite often in our day and age, we do not see men, men like Daniel and Nehemiah who were prayer warriors. A lot of times we have Christians that have no clue as to what's at stake in the spiritual realm. 
Many times our prayers are simply on the surface, which are fine. I'm not, I'm not trashing that at all. I'm just saying a lot of our prayers are simply on the surface with things, but they don't go deep underneath the surface about spiritual issues, spiritual battles going on. And it all too often reflects our own, our own heart, where we are at ourselves. I'm right there on the surface. Right? We'll get to that in a little bit here in the next point. But I think a lot of times we end up just showing a weakness in prayer. Mark down James chapter 4 as another reference in that regard. A weakness in our prayer. We ask amiss. We ask for selfish motives is what James brings out there in chapter 4, 2 and 3. So... There's got to be a fervency in prayer. And it's not just um, hollering like the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel. (laughs) It's not that. It's not dancing around and showing that kind of fervency. It's understanding something. And here it is. Letter C. Here's where the, the, the meat of it is. The content of it. And that is, letter C, the focus of your prayer. Of your intercessory prayer. And that's what Epaphras, what Paul says Epaphras is doing here. That you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. There's the focus of, of intercessory prayer. Think about it. When we are praying for other people, we follow this pattern. And it's not the exact words. He's not saying Epaphras prayed these exact words. This is kind of like a summary of what Epaphras was con- continually doing. See, and I want to ask that they, the person I'm praying for, or the group that I'm praying for, that they may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. That's our aim in our prayers for others. Look at it. That you may stand perfect. Now, a lot of times we let that word perfect get in the way and we think, oh, I'll never reach perfection. It's not talking about sinless perfection. It's talking about being complete, being whole, being mature. You, you who are adults, in the use of this word, you're perfect. You're, you're an adult. You're fully grown. You're fully developed. You're perfect in the sense of what he's saying here. All right? And then fully assured in all the will of God. Okay. Are you fully assured in all the will of God? And you go, whoa, let's talk about that. What is that getting at? Okay, so that we have a confidence, listen, that we have a confidence in God's word about myself and what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay? This is the desire of Epaphras' heart for the fellow Colossian believers. Not just asking, oh God bless them. Not just asking, oh God be with them. How many times do you hear that when people pray? Oh God, please be with them. Oh God, please bless them. Now, again, I'm not trashing that kind of a prayer, but think about it. You you look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, where it says that in the heavenlies we have what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. So God has already blessed, already, it's already a done deal. Every Christian has every blessing in the heavenlies. It's just that we don't identify them. We've got to identify them and claim them. They're ours. 
Why are we praying, oh God, please bless them? I know what you mean, and when I say it, you probably know what I mean. And the same thing goes for, oh God, please be with them. Wait a minute. What's the Holy Spirit about? Who is the Holy Spirit? Huh? I mean, right? God is with the believer. God is with the child of God. And then we say things like, oh God, please be with them. Now, okay, it might mean that you're thinking of something more or deeper or something. Okay, but here, he's not mentioning things like that. He's He's just going after something that will really help bring maturity in the person that you're praying for. Right? That they may stand perfect and be fully assured in all the will of God. Because that that goes on and on. That's about life there. Continuing as you grow in life, you know, learning about things that you're dealing with and understanding God's will in it. Now again, stop and think about here's God's will. And do you think of it as, well, I'm saved and that's all I need to know? No, because there, there's more than just being saved and having, quote, your, your access to heaven. There's things that you're supposed to grow in, in life. And you know that. But all too often we get back to being just, you know, thinking on the surface. But here, when we understand the, the will of God for our lives, ongoing, okay, It shows that our mind is being penetrated by the Word of God. And now a conviction starts in. When the Word of God penetrates your mind and your heart, then more and more conviction sets into your life. Okay? Now, for those of you that were in Sunday school, did you, if you were tracking in that, the first section that Tim taught was like, okay, there it is. Kind of, there it is on the surface. But here's the second approach to it that Sarah brought. And now there's more, there's more depth in, in the thinking. See, this is what God wants us to do is to see the picture and the story of the Bible from his perspective more and more. To understand that story of the Bible is about God. Not about how, not about you, not about me. And that's the tendency we've had in translating or or in interpreting the scriptures in our day and age. We interpret the scriptures to reflect, oh, it's about me and and God's blessed me. And we want to see it from more about God being magnified. So the focus of your intercession, what is it? Okay. And we got to be careful. Let me just mention this as a, as a tag here. We have we- a lot of issues in our lives that can kind of get us off track from this focus of prayer. If you and I will stay focused on this issue of prayer that Epaphras g- gives us, or that Paul gives us about Epaphras, if we can stay on track with that, there's where we're, you know, we're making it, we're making a difference. 
there are other issues that come up that we would say, maybe they're tangents that we get caught up in. You know, we've got an election year coming. I mean, it is. It's here. Here it is. We've got an election coming up. And I want to mention this, that it, yes, it's very important that we pray. Pray about what's coming up. Pray about the election. Pray that God would be honored. Pray that God would, you know, help us in this. But to make that the focus of your prayers, I don't think that's right. You know, yes, our country, I believe, is, is not doing well at all. It's in a sad way. But I think what's mentioned throughout Scripture shows that prayers for kings and leaders, yes, it's important. But as we function as a group of believers here in this community, yes, we need, yes, pray for, here we are tonight, praying for our leaders in the school district. Pray for our mayor and the city council. Pray for the county commissioners. Yes, our state leaders. But I think where we ought to be found at home is praying in this way more. Praying for people to know and be fully assured of the will of God. Okay? Now, let me mention this as we move on. Epaphras' intercession very effectively demonstrates that he knew what the Colossians were dealing with. Now, as we're wrapping this letter up, we're saying, remember what the issue was in, in sending this letter? They were facing false teaching. A lot of false teachers coming in saying, oh, you know, you don't need to worry. Just get this and get this and get, you know, get, get more. Because you, you don't need Jesus. Just, you, you need more than Jesus. So you need something extra is what the false teachers were saying in essence. And Epaphras is with this demonstration of his life, his prayer life. He's getting right to the point again, right to the issues that matter. Okay? He knew the heart of the problem, and it was brought on by the false teachers, and that's why Colossians was written. And then Paul, in verse 13, testifies that he, Epaphras, has a deep concern for them. Okay, so a quick rundown of the discipline of intercession. It's frequency, it's fervency, and it's focus. Are we there? We need to learn to pray like this. We need to be real, pray from the heart. But we must evaluate our prayers with what God's word teaches us about praying. And pray more and more and more for the spiritual maturity of others and yourself. Okay. All right. Now, a quick look at verse 14. Look at verse 14 now. Then he, he moves on and he says, Okay, Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings, and also Demas. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, and also Nympha, and the church that is in her house. Right. Uh, just a quick word. Luke, uh, very close to Paul. Luke, the Luke that wrote the gospel of Luke, <laughs> the physician. 
and to have a physician in that time to be a right-hand man in that day and age, that shows, again, here's God's sovereign ways, you know, providing such a, a brother, such a beloved brother as Luke. Now, it's interesting, Demas, it just kind of tags him on the end, and also Demas, nothing's really offered there, nothing's mentioned. But if you look Demas's name up, you find that later, he's mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 4, that he departed, he loved the things of the world, and he departed, right? Interesting little note there. And so, prayer, comes back to prayer. Is there a Demas here? Am I a Demas? Are you a Demas? Thus the need for faithful intercessory prayer for one another. Lord, help us to grow in depth and maturity of life so that we understand your will, so that we won't get caught up in the things of the world. It might be that you're here this morning, and you are. You're caught up in the things of the world. The things of the world are just as important as uh, things of Jesus. Is that the way it's laid out in Scripture? Of course not. Worship the Lord, not the things of the world. We need to call each other out on that. Lift up Christ and honor Him in your life, not just on Sunday morning. Okay? Well... Move on. We've got to move on. Verse 16, look at it. It says, When this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. Okay, so we move now very quickly here to number two, the dynamic of inspiration. The dynamic of inspiration. And all that's getting at is, letter A, pay attention to the Scriptures. Now, in their day and age, they didn't have PowerPoint. They didn't have the, the overhead projector. They didn't have uh, whatever. They had a guy up reading the Scripture, reading the letter. And so it, it behooved the people to pay attention to the letter being written. And two keys for paying attention to the reading of the Scripture. I really appreciate, by the way, KNIS radio station that reads the scriptures. They have sections of the morning or the afternoon where all they're doing is there's no commentary. They just read the scriptures. And the more that we will listen to, pay attention, hear it, the better off we will be. But there's two keys you must develop, I must develop and ask for, and that is a humble heart. Having a humble heart when we hear the, the reading of the Scriptures. We can't stress this enough. It's due to the pervasive, proud spirit in our own hearts. We are born that way. We've got a, a pervasive, proud spirit that's within us. And our worst enemy is our pride. So therefore, the Bible tells us, humble yourselves before God's almighty hand, and He will raise you up. And I believe we are raised up when we hear the Scriptures and we respond to them in faith and obedience. Remember the description uh, we'd give our teenagers? Uh, teenagers, you don't have to listen to this now, okay? If you're an empty nester, you know, you, you could call, call back the days where you just kind of say, well, 
Ask Sam. He knows everything. Ha ha. You remember that? And it's like that teenage year where it's, there's the tendency that we, we put on the teenagers, oh, well, they know everything. I don't need to tell them anything. They know everything. Well, guess what? That's our approach all too often to the spiritual realm and God's truth. We, as a people, young and old, we must humble ourselves before God. And especially when we hear the written or the, the, the word of God being read, being, when you hear it. So, then the second one to ask for and develop is a hungry heart. A humble heart and a hungry heart so that, you know, you follow along with what Jesus says. Blessed are those, in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For what? Maybe they'll get it. No. He says, for they will be satisfied. What a promise. What a blessing there. Along with pay attention to the scriptures, the final point is in verse 16. And you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. So the idea here is in their time, they had to pass along the letters, pass them along, pass along the scriptures. I see that happening now. You, you, you send a card and you, you put a little verse in it. It says, this really has meant a lot to me and you send it to them. There's encouragement. You pass along the scriptures. You've been blessed by it. It's ministered to your heart. Now you want to share that with others. I, I, since our time in San Francisco, I, I remember James 1.17 Every good and perfect gift is from above. My friend, there's gifts every day that we are neglecting or ignoring or we don't see them. There's gifts every day from God. And then Philippians chapter 4, another passage that meant a lot to me and still does. You know, think on things that are true. Think on things that are excellent. Think on things that are praiseworthy. Because your mind will go all over town chasing after something because I want what? I want satisfaction. I want something that will settle me. And all the time we're chasing after stuff that does not really satisfy. You're chasing after things in your life, my friend, that will not satisfy you. Turn away from that and turn to what will satisfy. Jesus said it. It's my righteousness that will satisfy you. So, in, in light of this last point, number two, think of it. Think of life without a Bible. For some of you, you'd say, well, well okay. And others of you are going, no, 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 no way. Because you're, you value the Bible. We are so blessed, my friend. Back in this day when they received the letter, they didn't walk out carrying their Bible. What did they have to do? They had to pay attention. They had to listen. They had to have a humble heart and a hungry heart. Are we that way? Are we like an Epaphras? Are we going to spend time, regular time, continual time praying? Are we going to have a fervency behind that? Are we going to be focused in our prayers? 
it's a challenge to look at this guy that's mentioned maybe two or three times in the New Testament. Not a big name. He was not an apostle. But you know what? He was very effective. And he prayed for his church. And it's a challenge to me. It's a challenge to the elders. We would continue praying for our people here that more than just God bless them, God be with them, but God help us to know and be fully assured in in all the will of God. And it's not that complicated. When you read, you are learning of God's will. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and guide you. In closing, let me share a prayer. You know, we just finished up the uh, London Olympics. And many of you maybe have uh, picked up on a number of uh, athletes who love Jesus. Okay? How exciting is that? To see, you know, an athlete just beaming um, and being interviewed and giving glory to God. How cool is that? That's great. Now, what's even cooler is when we do it. Okay? When we give glory to God here in Fallon, amongst our friends, amongst our neighbors in our work, work uh, force. Okay? But this is a prayer from a former Olympian from a different country, from England. And uh, you might remember the movie, Chariots of Fire. This man was not known, first and foremost, of being an Olympian. This man was known for being a missionary for Jesus Christ to the land of China. His name is Eric Little. And somebody start the music. You know, okay, right? But this is what he prayed. And by the way, this is from the book, Disciplines of the Christian Life. So thus, the discipline of intercession for us is well taken. Eric Little prays this, Father... I pray that no circumstances, however bitter or however long drawn out, may cause me to break thy law and the law of love to thee and to my neighbor. That I may not become resentful, have hurt feelings, hate, or become embittered by life's experiences, but that in and through all, I may see thy guiding hand and have a heart full of gratitude for thy daily mercy, for thy daily love, for thy daily power, and for thy daily presence. Help me in the day when I need it most to remember that all things work together for good to them that love God. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And thy grace, thy grace is sufficient for me, for thy strength is made perfect in my weakness. Let's pray. Dear Father, we humble ourselves before you right now and we need to say thank you for your word. 
And we need to thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we admit that we are weak in prayer. And we want to be strong in prayer. Lord, we have so many things going on. And and many of the things we allow to walk right into our hearts. We allow things to interrupt. Somehow we think that those things will satisfy us, Lord. And nothing will satisfy us like Jesus. Help us to see that. Help us to recognize the spiritual battles that are really going on. And help us to respond in prayer. Prayer for others. Prayer for our loved ones. Prayer for our our leaders. And for friends in our community. Oh Lord, be glorified in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please remember, just take an hour of your time tonight and join us, 6 o'clock.